welcome here to Christmas Eve. It's Christmas. I just ask you to sing with us this evening. There's lots of songs you'll know, and I invite you to do that with us. Um, if you want to stand and sing with us, it's awesome. We're going to start with Joy to the World.
We are just so excited to see all these faces and to have all this time together to spend. Um, we are going to have an evening of singing, of storytelling, and a message from Pastor Michael. Um, I also will say my name is Leslie, and uh, yeah, we're just so excited that you're here. Um, if you have any questions about Cedar Valley or who we are or what we're up to, find someone wearing a lanyard, and we would love to get to know you and help you figure out what's going on here. Um, and if you want to learn more about anything else, you can scan this card that's on your seat. Um, it'll tell you all sorts of things about us, and also on the invite is a little movie invite for you. Um, so tonight the service is going to be about an hour, and we're just so excited to spend time with you, and there'll be some activities after the service as well. So let's continue singing together.
Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He created everything. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body, supreme over... He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead, but he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Dear Jesus, to have created everything that is and, the, and choose to enter into your creation as a helpless baby, presentless, powerless, is the greatest gift we could receive. Help us to stay present with you as you bring peace to all of creation. We want to give the gift of, the gift of your presence and peace. God with us and God for us to everyone in your lives, our lives. Thank you for your presence in our lives, our families, and our city. Amen.
tradition? What is tradition? What do you come here for? Every year since as long as I've been at this church, I have come to hear this service on Christmas Eve as part of our tradition as our family. Um, I was born, or born and raised a PK. I don't know how many of you know what that is. Preacher's kid. And you can imagine being raised a preacher's kid. There was a lot of tradition. There was a lot of church. Yeah, if you feel free to sit down, to be comfortable, just be a few minutes. I just wanted to share a little bit about our tradition in our, church, in our family. So I was raised uh, in, as with PK's uh, daughter. Our tradition was, of course, every Christmas, my dad would tell us the story, the Christmas story from Luke 2, every year. And every year, we would have to sing Christmas carols. And of course, we would sing them with all the Christmas tree presents, or Christmas presents sitting underneath the Christmas tree, staring at us. And it was like, we're singing Christmas carols. We went all the way from Rudolph the Red Dole down to more of a worshipful, worshipful time where we remembered what Christ's birth meant to us, what it meant to us as a family. Um, now, this tradition has carried on with my family ever since I was a child. Um, and uh, except for a few years that my dad was very ill, he has always told a Christmas story. He is 87 years old and he is still here. He is here today somewhere, I believe. He's just not in my part. And along with that came the Christmas carols. When I was young, it did not mean that much to me. It meant the presence, but as I got older, the memories that it created and what Christ did for us, I cherished them in my heart. Like it was like, and I carried on with my kids. I don't know if my grandchildren really appreciate the Christmas story and the Christmas carols before presents, but we still do it every year. I don't know what your traditions are, but I would really like to bring you into a time of tradition of Christmas carols. Join me as we remember what Christ has done to us in his birth. Um, and just join me in singing some hymns. I don't know if you want to feel comfortable just sitting while we sing them, but you can also stand. Where rocks and ants are feeding 
to stand with me as we sing this next one please
seated. Amen. Music is such a core heart part of this season of the Christmas story. And it's not just the music, right? There's also the story. There's also the key part of what this is all about. So what we've got here is uh, some of our youth and kids are reading the story, the nativity story from Luke chapter 2. And last week, our kids' ministries also did their best interpretations of drawings that you're going to see up on the screen around just to kind of help give us a visual of this story in a very fun way. There we got some. Just like that. So I'm going to pass it over to Cole, Weston, and Lucas. Take us away. Thank you, Kat. Are we all ready? <laughs> the angel visit, 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 visits Mary. God sent the angel named Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. He was sent to a woman named Mary, and she was engaged to a man named Joseph. He came from the family line of King David. The angel greeted her and said, The Lord has blessed you in a special way. He is with you. Mary was confused, but the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. God is pleased with you. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son. You must call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High God. The Lord God will make him king like his father David of long ago. The Son of the Most High God will rule forever over his people. They are from the family line of Jacob. That, can, that kingdom will never end. But how can this happen? Mary asked the angel. I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come to you. The power of the Most High God will cover you. So the Holy One that is born will be called the Son of God. I will serve the Lord, Mary answered. May it happen to me as you said it would. Then the angel left her. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. Everyone returned to their hometowns to register for census. <clears throat> and because Joseph was descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, King David's hometown. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child, and while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of clothes and laid him in a manger because there were no rooms available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the light of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel confronted them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly, snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. 
Suddenly, the angel was joined by a large group of angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was a baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told him, had told them.
Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's, uh, it's tough to follow up anything like that, but I will do my absolute best. If you haven't met me yet, my name's Michael. I'm one of the pastors here. And this evening, I get to share with you a short message on Christmas. And it's interesting because Christmas is one of those seasons where it gets you thinking. I don't know about you, but for me, I start thinking back about years past. And I saw a photo last week of one of my friends snowboarding with their family. It just kicked me back. And I was like, I remember going sledding in high school up and like driving up in the mountains and sledding down logging roads. It just takes you back, right? That's what Christmas does. And so I want to take a second for you to ask someone next to you. And if, I'm sorry if you're an introvert. This is the only time I'm going to torture you tonight. But I want you to take a second to ask someone next to you, what's one of their favorite Christmas memories? It doesn't have to be the best. Don't take 10 minutes. But in, like, you know, two, like 30 seconds, a minute, share one of your favorite Christmas memories with somebody next to you. All right. I hate to ruin good conversations, but I'm also glad that we're starting some good conversations, I hope. But when you think about the memory that maybe you shared or somebody next to you shared, it's always hard sharing your favorite memories because there's a certain thing about it. Like, I'll, like when you get married, you start to tell your spouse about your memories. And I'm going to switch to a different mic real quick because we're having a rough time there. All right. Let's see if this one works a little better. But it's interesting because like when you get married and you start, you, like, you start doing Christmas together and you're like, oh, we do it this way. We do it that way. And you also start to find those special memories. Like I was trying to explain to my wife why cinnamon buns on Christmas morning are the most important thing on earth. <laughs> they are. That's the most important Christmas tradition to me is cinnamon buns on, like, we could skip the presents. Just give me cinnamon buns. And I was like, that's what I grew up doing. And you start to share this memory. And as you share this memory, you realize it's not like you can, get, you can have cinnamon buns any day of the year. But so much of the memory is not about what it is, but it's about who it's with. Is it that every year on Christmas morning when we had cinnamon buns, we would like get like we'd be woken up by somebody in my family would sing a Christmas carol and they'd bring cinnamon buns upstairs and we'd eat cinnamon buns on my parents bed which is a like that sounds like a nightmare now like but we'd all like hang out as a family on my parents bed Christmas morning eat cinnamon buns in our pajamas before we started the craziness of the day and the best memories almost always have to do with who you were with when you made those memories and also sometimes even the hardest memories, especially around Christmas, have to do with who you wish you were with who's not here, right? Like that's, that's just kind of how it works. As humans, there's a certain amount that we can care about the stuff, we can care about what happened, we can care about the activity, but at the end of the day, so much of how we're wired to work as humans is that we're wired to be with each other. We, our best memories are who we are with. Our worst memories are who wasn't there when we needed them. And it's an interesting thing because that comes into Christmas. Because as much as we're wired as humans to be with each other, we're also wired 
We feel need, if we hear there's this loving God out there, there's this good loving God somewhere out there, we're like, that sounds great, but I need him to be here with me. I don't, like, you're not that useful if you're just out in the sky, right? There's an interesting passage. There's someone in the Bible, they were a very successful businessman. And they had a, they had a great business, they were wealthy, they had everything they wanted in life, they had a large family. Things were going well for them. And then in a very short period of time, they lost their business. They lost their kids. And they even lost their health. And in Job chapter 9, we come across this guy who's lost everything except a couple friends. And he's sitting with his friends and he's just talking about how he feels about the situation. In Job chapter 9, starting at verse 32, Job says, God is not a mortal like me. God's not a human like me. So I cannot argue with him or take him to trial. Have you ever been so mad at God that you want to sue him? Have you had so many bad things happen in a couple days that you're like, if this is God's fault, can I take him to court? This is where Job's at. If only there were a mediator between us, someone who could bring us together. Right? We're going through the hardest times and you go, oh, there's some loving God out there. But you need God to be with you. You need a God who can understand what it's like to be there. We're not like, oh, you had to be there, but a God that you can say, you've been there. You've been there with me. And so that's why it's crazy in Luke chapter 2, as the guys were reading earlier tonight. Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 10. There's these guys out, they're, they're sheep farmers, and they're out with their sheep in the middle of the night, making sure that no coyotes come after them, that they stay safe, that none of the sheep wander off in the middle of the night. It's a great job, right? Staying up all night in the middle of a cold, dark field with some sheep. If you ever go out by yourself, like you ever like have to walk your dog late at night or take the garbage can out to the curb or anything, like, I don't know, when you're out there and it's pitch black and there's just some stars around, maybe, it's a little spooky. Like, it's beautiful, but you're like, just a little on guard. So you can imagine these guys are out just another night of work in the dark, keeping track of sheep, making sure no, nothing attacks them. And then there's this moment where they see an angel and they freak out. At least that's pretty well implied. They freak out. Like, if I would be very scared. I'd be scared, like, if I hear a squirrel in the bushes in the middle of the night. Not an angel. So that's where we jump in at verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. And the angel reassured them. He's like, it's okay, it's okay. I'm not, uh, like, it's okay. Don't, don't be afraid. I bring you good news. There will be great joy to all people. And this is the key thing. Great news, there will be great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. You ever imagine, like, how a god would come to earth? Like, you imagine, okay, if you heard, oh, God's coming to visit earth. Like, I imagine, like, if you watch the Avengers movies, like, Thor, like, coming and just, boom! 
with a hammer there and be like, I've come to earth. And then, and like God's like super buff and like so powerful, right? Not a helpless baby. Not a normal human. Not as vulnerable as each of us were on the day we were born. This is crazy that God was born. Just that phrase is crazy. That's the most not normal thing that God would choose to be born as a helpless, vulnerable, powerless baby. If you ever think about babies, how productive are babies? How much work do they get done in a 40-hour week? None. Negative. Lots of diapers. I'm in the middle of that. I know about this. But But they bring joy. They bring hope. Because they bring their presence. They come to be with you. The thing that babies do is they don't get things done. They're with you. When you hold a baby, there's something that's just magical. That's just different about that. And it's amazing and life-changing. And so God came to be with us. And these shepherds might have been like, oh man, that was crazy that we thought we saw an angel. Like that's a weird thing. But the angel said, go into town. And you'll find a baby, not in a cradle where a baby belongs, not being held by his parents where it belongs, but in a feed trough, in a manger, just like the one in the center here. The last place you expect to find a baby. And they go and they find that baby and they go, okay, that wasn't just a weird vision that we all had at the same time. That, this is actually God with us. And they worshiped him. And sometimes it's hard. Like, I grew up in church. I'm used to hearing all the Christmas stories every year. I will complain every year about my dad making us read the Christmas story out of Luke every single time before he got to open presents. And I was like, how fast can we get through this? And so sometimes you start to forget about what it really means. But in Colossians chapter 1, Peter, not Peter, um, yeah, Peter and Paul, Peter and Paul, We're writing to a church just going, this is the craziness of Jesus coming to earth. This is just like wrap your minds around this. So let's listen to these words, this description right now. Jesus Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. When you're out at night and you see the stars and you go, I don't understand all the science, but this is incredibly complex. There must have been an intention behind this. There must be some power out there behind this. That's Jesus Christ. That's this baby that was born. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he's the first in everything. For God, the God of the universe in all his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ. The God of the universe was pleased to come as a helpless, powerless baby. Just another human. But he wanted to be with us so much. He wanted 
to grow up with imperfect parents just like you and I have. He wanted to have to deal with bullies. He wanted to experience what it was like to be on the winning team. He wanted to experience his first job. He probably experienced getting fired from a job for the first time. He came to just live a human life with us. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live as a human in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth. And spoiler alert, by the means of Christ's blood on the cross. If you continue the book of Luke, you'll find the rest of the story. In the le- you can read about the rest of the life of Christ on earth. This includes you and me. All of us here who were once far away from God. You were his enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. And I don't know about you when I'm like, oh, you were separated from God by your evil thoughts and actions. I'm like, I'm not that evil. I don't know about you. I don't try to wake up in the morning and go, I want to be evil. Most of us hopefully try to be good, and we mostly do good things. But if we're honest with ourselves, we go, okay, there's, yeah, there's times that I do things that hurt myself or hurt the people around me. Occasionally, I'm the reason why there's a little bit more pain or hurt or brokenness in the world around us. And so you go, okay, there, I guess there is a little evil that comes out of me sometimes. You don't want it to, but it does. And then if you think about sitting in the same room as a perfect God, a perfectly loving, perfectly good God who never does anything wrong, you go, uh, this is a little uncomfortable. Does he want to be in the same room as me? I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure I'm at the same level there. So this includes you who are once far away from God. You were his enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you. He came to make right what went wrong. He has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. He has brought you to him. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. This is why Christmas is so special. This is why we've been celebrating it for over 2,000 years. It didn't just start 2,000 years ago in the Jewish-Roman culture and be something they celebrated for a few hundred years and then died out, but it's actually spread across the globe. Because the God of the universe said, I want to be with you so much that I'll come and I'll live for 33 years on earth as a human. I'll go through life. I'll experience it. I'll be with you. But not only that, I'll see what's going wrong and I'll make it right. I won't say, oh, you have to be good enough to come to me. I'll say, I will make it right. I will take care of what's gone wrong so that I can be with you. That's why it's good news that should bring joy to everyone is that God of the universe wants to be with you. He wants to be close to you. He wants to be friends with you. He wants to change you and transform you. That's the story of Christmas. But the amazing thing is because God loves us so much, he won't force us to do anything. If you've ever been forced to be friends with somebody, it doesn't work. If you've ever been forced to be loved by somebody, it doesn't work. And God says, I want to love you. I want to be with you. Will you be with me? I've been a follower of Jesus for a long time. This is an amazing reminder of the relationship that God's given you and how he wants to be a part of your life every day. 
But maybe you're in a place where you've been hearing about this. Maybe you've been having experiences in your life where you go, it seems like there's a God out there. It seems like this God cares about me. And you're going, this starts to line up. This is starting to make sense. I want to know this God. I want to be loved by this God. I want to trust this God. He's just waiting for you to say, I want to be with you too. He's just waiting for you to say yes to that relationship. So if you're in that place, I want to take a moment to let you start that conversation. Because every friendship starts with a conversation. And when we talk to God, we call it prayer. When we talk to him, when we listen to him, we call it prayer. So if you're in that place where you're like, I want that relationship and I'm not there yet. I, haven't, I want to say yes to this relationship. I'm going to pray out loud and you can pray in your mind and your heart with me. God, I'm so thankful that you came to earth to be human with me. That you know what it's like. And that you want to bring healing. You want to bring peace. You want to make right what's gone wrong in my life and the world around me. And I want to have a relationship with you. I want to have a friendship with you. I want to let you be someone that I love, someone that I trust. I want to let you change my life. So tonight, Jesus, I give you my life. Amen. If that's where you're at, if you were praying that prayer with me, I'd love to connect with you because that's the start of an amazing conversation that will change the rest of your life. So you can catch me after the service or my contact information is on our website. But I want to encourage you tonight. The amazing thing about Christmas is that God came to be with you. He came to be the closest person to you in your life. And that's why we celebrate every year. To close out this service, we've got one more song. We're going to sing Silent Night together if the band wants to come up. And we used to do this with real candles, but we're a little scared about burning down the building. So at the end of each row, you'll find a bucket of candles that you can pass out and turn on. And we'll sing our final night, Silent Night, together with some candles together. Merry Christmas.
silent night, holy night, Son of God, love's pure light, radiant beams from thy holy face, with the dawn of redeeming grace. Candles up high. Beautiful, hey? It's not quite the same light as the real candles, but it's beautiful. That's what we're doing here. We have the Advent candles lit, and we've spread the flame around. Now we have this calm, quiet night, a peaceful tone for this cosmic event of heaven coming into earth. But it, it seems so massive, but it's really, it is truly peace. The king is born, and we'll have peace. Amen? So if tonight something new was spoken to you, if there's something that you heard tonight, or maybe it's the first time you've ever heard something quite like this, we would love to connect with you. Uh, as Pastor Michael was saying, or myself, uh, my name is Grant, by the way, one of the pastors here, and we would love to connect with you or find someone out in the lobby. Uh, if you've got any questions about what you've heard here tonight, uh, wearing a lanyard, we would love to connect with you. We've got a Bible for you. That's what the heart of this story is about, is a God who entered into our world, and we want to make that come alive in your life. So thank you so much for starting off this Christmas season this way, focusing your hearts and your minds on Jesus, on the birth of the King. This is the way to do it, and it's just, it's the start. Why I love this evening, why it's one of my most favorite times of the year, is it's just the start, right? We have an amazing evening still, where whatever plans you got, tomorrow, the full day, and then here's the thing, with Christ in your life, this is just the start of something that is every day of the rest of your life moving forward. It is such an amazing thing, and so we celebrate like this every weekend on Sundays at 10 a.m. You are absolutely invited to that if you are coming here for the first time, you're checking out what this big box is up on the hill at Cedar and Cherry, you're welcome here to Cedar Valley Church. Uh, next week, we have a special online service for New Year's. It's an online at home, but we will be having a watch party here too. And this week as well, we've got a movie night, a family-friendly Christmas movie night. If it's already been a few too many days at home with the kids out of school, you are welcome to come out here. We got popcorn. It's a free event or by donation for a uh, canned food donation for our support programs here in the community. And just before you head on out, there's a few great things I want to let you know before we go on to the rest of this evening. Be sure to grab a mug, and I mean a real mug, of hot chocolate or apple cider. 
and we've got just some delicious toppings for that. We also have an incredible table of home-baked goodies that a lot of people have poured into. There's a ton of food. Don't make me eat 10 pounds of cookies. I need your help. We also have a special Polaroid photo booth station so you and your friends or whoever you're with or your family can take a picture, keep that keepsake, make an ornament out of it. We have a kid's ornament making station on this side of the lobby. Photo booth is over on that side. You can line up and just hang out here as long as you like. Enjoy the environment, enjoy the atmosphere, enjoy the music, make yourselves at home, have some food, have some treats. And what I just want to do as we send you off is I just want to say have a blessed and very Merry Christmas and celebrate today and tomorrow, and I hope for the rest of your life that the King is born. Merry Christmas.